Hello everyone, how are you? It's Pastor Rod Plummer here from Tokyo, Japan, and we are talking about our last session of creation. This is all about Genesis 1 to Genesis 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 4. Today we're, we're coming to the climax. We're coming to the top part of creation, the creation of man and woman. And you might say, but isn't the, the, the top part of creation the heavens and the earth? No, that's the home that God has created to put his greatest creation, you and I. We need to know this is the purposes of God, is to create a home for us to, to, to know each other, to know God and be blessed. So we're going to talk about day six and day seven of the, of the seven days of creation, or the six days of creation and the Sabbath. So um, here we go. Are you ready? We're going to start here reading from Genesis 1 verse 24, day six. We're reading about day six in uh, Genesis 1. It starts in verse 24. And God said, let the land produce living creatures. That's that word nefesh, the, 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 the thing with life force, with life of God, according to their own kinds. Livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. It was Ken. It was right. God did it. Verse 25, and God made the wild animals. God God created wild animals. What a great, great picture. According to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. I guess that's more like the mammals and the, the bigger animals, small animals, big animals. And God saw that it was good. So here's this word good again, tov. It means in order, in, in, in functioning. It, it's, it's right. It's in the right place for the house to put Adam and Eve. And then it says in verse 26, And then God said, Let us make mankind or man in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. This is the moment that God wanted more than any other moment, was to to create His beautiful men and women that He would have fellowship with them. So here's some points about this part of day six. We've got a little bit more to go, but let's just break it down right here. Number one, Adam is is a word, uh, it comes from the word Edom, which means red, and it comes from the word uh, that that's from the word soil, red soil. God made Adam in, in chapter two. We're going to read God made him out of the dust of the earth, the soil. And um, it also comes from the word uh, dam, which means blood. This is a life-giving, blood-filled man that God has created. The, and the Bible says the life is in the blood. The life is in Adam. Number two, two point is this. It talks about these words, image, likeness. Um, in our image, in our likeness. Now, this seems like Hebrew poetry. There's not much difference between these two words. A lot of Hebrew poetry is not rhyming like uh, like and spike and, and Mike. That, that's rhyming. That's not Hebrew rhyming uh, or Hebrew poetry. Hebrew poetry is two thoughts meaning the same thing. So when it says, let's make man in our likeness and in our image, it's like poetry. Uh, we're going to make him like us and like us. And so I hope you understand that. It's, it, it's just poetry. Uh, but the thing is, it's supposed to be like God. We're supposed to have a, a form, uh, a character, uh, some sort of physical nature. Uh, not like God who is a spirit, but like Jesus. 
uh, who is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, it says in John chapter 1, verse 1. And that is speaking about Jesus. So we're supposed to resemble God in form and function, in form and character, in some sort of picture and, the, and, and reflecting the heart of God. And these two things are, are, are so important for us as human beings that we follow in the image of God. We don't follow in the image of an animal, what's called idolatry, or follow in the image of, of money, or, but we follow in the image of God. Now, the third thing I want to say about this, this verse is it says, let us make man in our image. It's sort of a, a strange grammar. Um, any of you know grammar? Uh, we and our uh, are reflecting a, a plural, uh, more than one person, plural, uh, two or more people. And so here, Elohim, God is saying, let us make man in our image. Uh, it's quite an interesting concept. So who is this, this us and our? Well, most people would say it's a, the first uh, reflection of the concept of the Trinity. You know, the Trinity is one God, three personalities, or one God, three persons. It's, it's not a word that appears in the Bible. The word Trinity does not appear in the Bible. But the, the concept of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit does appear many, many times uh, in the New Testament. So here it seems to be a reflection of the, the, the one God. God is one. And that, that's our great statement as both Jewish people and Christians. We say there is only one God. We, we worship one God. But within one God, there is three reflections, personalities, parts. It's, it's sort of hard to describe it to you. It's sort of like water, H2O, can, can, can be all, in all forms of uh, ice or, or, or liquid water or steam, evaporated water. It's still the same H2O, but three pictures, reflections, characters. Um, that's sort of the best uh, understanding I have of the Trinity of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One God, but three different reflections. So I'm going to talk about these three right now. In Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. This is, this is what we would call God the Father. God the Father, the, 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 uh, the, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Um, uh, Jesus talked about my Father who is in heaven, my Father. This is God, just, just the, the one word, God. But, but in, in chapter Genesis 1-2, it also mentions the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. It says, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Who is the Spirit of God? Well, He is God's part on the earth. He is God, the powerful God of the heavens and the earth. He's, he's, his presence on the earth. For us Christians, we believe the Holy Spirit comes into us and changes our heart and helps us to be, be more like Jesus. We believe the Spirit of God is moving all the time. And, and so in Genesis 1 verse 2, we're introduced to the Spirit of God. And, and the third person is Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus is not named until the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. Uh, but it says very clearly that Jesus was God in the beginning. Let's read uh, John 1, 1 to 3. This is New Testament, Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is Jesus. He was with God in the beginning. 
Through him, through Jesus, all things were made. So there is Jesus in the creation. Through him, Jesus, all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. So there it is. So where it gets to verse, um, we're reading verse 26, let us make man in our image. It's still one God, Elohim. But this Elohim has different uh, character, form, persons. There's other words you could use, but the Trinity, three in one, is, is right there in Genesis, in the creation. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Pretty amazing, isn't it? And, and God says to, to man, we're going to make him and he's going to rule over the animals. Well, this is pretty clear that, that, that humanity does have this power to even make animals go extinct, which is so sad to really, really sad concept that animals might cease to exist at the hands of man. But it's, it's, uh, it, 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 it's possible when God's saying rule. Now, rule doesn't mean destroy. It means manage. It means do really, really well with the earth that God gave us. So I believe that we should have, a, as Christians, a, a heart for ecology, uh, green science, uh, say, saving um, you know, animals from extinction. I think we should all have a heart in that. Or that we're, 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 we're caretakers of God's beautiful planet. Don't you agree? And um, this, this word rule means to rule with strength and wisdom. It's not to smash and destroy. It means to manage and care and, uh, and see that happen until, until the end of time. Now, we're going to go to verse 27. Uh, God's, God says, I'm going to make man and, and, and make Adam in my in our image. Verse 27. So God created, uh, that's that word bara, the out of nothing, created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created, he bara them. Male and female, first, first mention of female. Male and female, he created, bara them. So this word bara, is, it comes back to Genesis 1.1. God created the heavens and the earth. And now God is creating Adam and Eve with his, his highest form of, of power and creation is with Adam and Eve. And so here's a, here's, here's a couple of points. Number one, there's a three times creation in this verse. It's, it's pretty clear that God wants us to know he is the creator out of nothing of everything that can be made. And God created and filled. The second point is that it's the mention of male and female. Male and female, very different words in the Hebrew. It's the the male is the word zakar, and female is the word nechebah. So very, very different. But one Adam makes two different uh, genders here, and this is what Jesus quotes in Matthew nineteen verse four. In in Matthew, Jesus is being asked about divorce, but his answer is about God's plan in marriage. And it says here that, that Jesus says, in the beginning, God, create, God made them male and female. And Jesus is quoting from the Greek Old Testament, what we call the Septuagint, um, the, the, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. He translates absolutely word for word, in the beginning, and God created them male and female. Jesus is authenticating the book of Genesis. He's saying Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, which he's going to quote a little bit later, is absolutely the word of God. Our, our authority for Genesis 1 is Jesus Christ himself. He quotes directly 
word from word from uh, Genesis 1 and uh, 1 1 and 1 27. He says, Haven't you read that the beginning, the Creator made them male and female? Um, in in Ch- Genesis chapter 2 24, Jesus also quotes about marriage and says, For this reason, um, a, a, a woman will leave her family and and be united to the husband, and there'll be one flesh. And so Jesus also quotes from Genesis chapter 2, which does a couple of things. It authenticates Genesis chapter 2, but it also links 1 and 2 as a, as a narrative, as, as a story, uh, that, that Jesus is author, authorizing the creation account. I think that's so wonderful that our, our, our Lord and Savior, our founder, Jesus Christ, says, yes, this is true uh, the true word of God. Um, the third point from this verse is that only in the creation of both Adam and Eve is the is the Adam creation complete. So God making male is the creation is not yet complete until He makes male and female Adam and Eve. We we learn more about this in in Genesis chapter two, which is for a future study. But in Genesis chapter 1, it just says clearly this Adam, the word Adam means from the soil, from, from blood. God makes two types of Adam. He makes a male Adam and a female Adam. And again, it shows me that with the DNA that we have, either a XX chromosome for, for girls or a XY chromosome for boys, that God has a plan. God has a design for us to live out uh, his, his purposes in the earth. We're going to go to um, this concept of God creating us in the image. I've got a few scriptures here. I want to talk about the concept that uh, how we're made in the image of something else. So um, let, let me let me read to you. Uh, this this is um, James three nine. It says, "With the tongue we praise our God and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness." So all human beings are made in God's likeness, even people with difficulties, even people with um, disabilities or or whatever. There is the image of God. They are valuable. Um, We've had the great joy, Viv and I, to know some families who have had some disabled children and they love those children with the most incredible love. And it doesn't matter the disability. They see the, their image in those children and they, they belong. And so it is, no matter what we've got in our lives, we are in the image of God. And that's why I believe in the, the supernatural uh, power of God to change us, to make us more like Jesus. Amen. Jesus was also made in the image of God when he was born to uh, Mary, Mother Mary. Um, in Colossians 1, verse 15, it says, The Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. There it is again. Jesus is the creator. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been made through him and for him. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, the God of this age has has blinded the mind of unbelievers so, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Jesus is the image of God and we're becoming like 
Jesus. And that's my next point. We are becoming more and more like Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into his image. There's that word. Jesus' image is our image. We are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The Spirit of God's desire in us is to make us more like Jesus. How does that happen? Holy Spirit, supernatural, God's intervention, asking God to bring changes. We are changed in, in his presence, in his word, in, in, uh, in worship. We are changing to, to be more like Jesus. Isn't that amazing? How wonderful is that? Look at Colossians 3.10. It says, We have put on a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge of the image of the Creator. We are transforming into the image of Jesus. How amazing is that? In Romans 8.29, it says, For those who God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Those who God knew, that's you and me, he's also moving us to be conformed or becoming like Jesus. This is the Christian life. We are, uh, uh, we were loved and forgiven already, but God in his, in his great power is helping us become more like Jesus. I really believe that. That doesn't mean we ever become Jesus. I'm not becoming Jesus. I'm becoming like Jesus in his image. And it just uh, um, it's such an exciting concept that this is what God has for us. Now, man can reject this. Mankind, you and I could reject this work of the Spirit. In fact, it says in Romans 1 that some people replace the image of God with another image, the image of an idol or an animal. The results are always bad. It's called idolatry in the Bible. Romans 1.21 says, although they knew God, who's they? Some, some people in Paul's day or in the past, they, 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 didn't, they, they knew God, but they did not glorify him as God or give thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. So when we become like Jesus, the image is becoming more light, more like Jesus and light. Here the picture is rejecting God's image I don't want what God has for me. We become dark or darkened. Although they claim to be wise, they become fools. Now, fools doesn't mean no brain. It means they haven't got a moral compass of, of up and down, what's right and what's wrong. And they exchange the glory of immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. And so it's talking about this giving over to Another thing, and, and all these struggles happen with our, our sexuality and our worship and, and our lives. And um, it, it is a mess. It's a mess. So, so people can reject this move towards Jesus. My advice is that we just say, Jesus, touch me, change me. I want to be like you. Why don't we pray right? We haven't finished, but why don't we pray right now? Jesus, we agree. We are made in your image, but we want to be more like you bit by bit, glory to glory, uh, by the Holy Spirit. Right now, there would be a breakthrough in people's thinking that they can change with your power 
They don't have to stay the same with your power. There's a, we are new creations by your power and we're being changed to you, to into your image, uh, but in ever-increasing ways. I believe it, Lord. I pray over the hearers right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We give God a clap sometimes in church because he is so amazing. And then we get to verse uh, 28. We're going through verse by verse right now because there's so much in these verses. And it says, God blessed them. Blessed who? Blessed um, the male and the female. Adam, the, the, the humankind, the, the, the male and the female humans. And he said to them, uh, he blessed them. There's that word blessing that we saw in, in the last, uh, the, the leaning towards and giving something good. Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over and over every living thing that moves on the ground. Before we read about four blessings, four things that happen from blessing, here there's actually five things, and um, they're really, really big things. Now listen to what they are in the Hebrew. You don't have to know the Hebrew, but listen to the sounds. Uh, th- these are the words for be fruitful, multiply, fill, dominate, and reign. You ready? It's peru, revu, melu, kibshu, redu. You can hear there's poetry there. There's rhyming, which is unusual in Hebrew. But here it's bless and go and do these five things. Easy to remember. Are we going to go and multiply and fill and be blessed? And I believe this for our lives. When we talk about God who blesses us with every blessing, it says in Ephesians chapter 1, He's blessed us with every blessing in Christ. I believe these blessings are for us as human beings. We can we can uh, be fruitful, right? Multiply, fill, dominate in a good way, not rule people but rule over situate, manage situations and reign. I, I believe in the blessing of the Lord. We're going to come to verse 29. It says, And God said, I will give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit in it. They will be yours for food. So we read about this food in, in day three. In day three, God gave the plants and uh, the nuts and the fruit as food. And here God's saying, take care of it. It is for you. It is for you. And and here is a word, look or check it out. And God says, hey, check it out. I've given you all the food that you need to be fruitful in your life. The second thing I want to say about this verse is God says, I have given you. It's what we call the, the perfect tense or the from now on, it's going to be like this. God sets it that there's always going to be plants and fruit to take care of in the whole world. In chapter 1, verse 30 now, let's read verse 30, 31. And to all the beasts of the earth and the birds of the sky and the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath has this life, this nefesh, this life force. Everything that has life force of life in it, I've given Every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw all he had made, and it was not good. It was very good, very good. So day one, two, three, four, five, it was good. Day six with Adam and Eve, it is very good, very good. It's it's the Hebrew, not just tov, but tov me'od, means good or ordered to the ultimate degree to a high level really 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 good and and God only says this after 
the creation of man and woman. This is his highest good, his highest creation, even higher than than, than the heavens and the earth. Isn't that amazing? Huh? I love that about God. He says that we are not just good, we are very good. You are very good. This is what the Bible says. I, I know some people preach and say we're bad. Uh, Jeremiah did say that the heart is, is, is bad, but I, I believe in Jesus. God has changed our nature, that now we have the nature of Jesus. We're not perfect, but we're very good. God says you are good. Don't listen to what the devil says. And the devil says you're nobody and nothing. That's the voice of the devil. God's going to speak over your life. Even if we've got imperfections and temptations and troubles, God says we are very, very good. We are called his masterpiece. Let's look at this one scripture in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. I love Ephesians. It's sort of like a big story about how we're sons and daughters of God. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works. We can't boast. No one can boast. For we are God's handicraft. The word there is the Greek word is the word poem. We are God's poetry. We are very good. It's handicraft or or someone making an art piece and saying, it's good. It's a reflection of my art. And so we are called God's handicraft, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Good people doing good works. Good people doing good works. Good people discovering the good purposes of God. This is the Christian life, which God prepared for us in advance to do. God says, check it out. Have a look. And then it's the end of verse, uh, the end of day six. Now, day six isn't called a day. In English, it's called the indefinite article, a day. It's the first time it's using the definite article, that is the day, the day six. And it's, it, it sort of shows us the crowning glory of creation day, the, the whole purpose day, the day, the day six. You may not understand all the grammar, but no, it's sort of like a special, special day. And God created day six. Six, and it says, um, uh, "Yeah, God is coming to His highest level of creation." So we've finished now Genesis chapter one. We're coming to Genesis two, but we're not going to do it all. We're only doing a few verses before we finish today. Are you ready? These few verses are sort of like going to finish out the creation of the heavens and the earth. And so, in chapter two, verse one, we 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 read a a completion verse. It says. Thus, or therefore, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. The word array means in all their vast army, in all their vast beauty, lined up the stars and the the planets and and the the earth and the atmosphere and the food system and the ecosystem and the circle of life. And uh, it's a summary verse. So God completed them. Now, this is a beautiful thing about God. It's a, it's a word that, that, that God loves to complete what he starts. Number one, God accomplished, came to an end, finished what he started. God loves to finish the work he has in our life as well, in their vast army, array, etc. Verse two, in the seventh day, so here we finally get to day seven. All right, we've had day one, two, three, four, five, six, all creation days. 
Day seven is rest day. Are you ready? It says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from his work. Now, please understand this word rested does not mean sleeping. Some people uh, through history have said God is a God who creates and then he withdraws away from his creation. This is not New Testament at all. In fact, right through the Bible, there God says, I am Emmanuel, God with you. So God is with us, but he's not actively creating the heavens and the earth. He's resting from that work. So what work is he doing today? Well, we're going we're gonna to read a little bit about that in a minute. But So Sabbath or, or, or resting, Sabbath, the word Sabbath day, doesn't mean sleeping, although you can sleep, obviously. It means to not do your normal work, to rest from that labor. It means we can enjoy the Sabbath. We can uh, go for nice walks and uh, read the word for joy and uh, and worship the Lord. And, but it's not normal work. Sabbath is refraining, backing away from normal work. And I want to say this to hardworking Asian people especially, that you need a Sabbath rest. If even God needed to rest from his work, we need to have a Sabbath rest rest in our lives, which means at least one day a week backing away from all those emails and phone calls and meetings and stress and and, and have a day of just enjoying life with your husband and wife and kids and friends and church people and, 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 and restoring your batteries, restoring your creativity. It's very important that we understand this. So this is what God does. And it says that there was there was uh, God entered his rest. Now, in this seventh day, it's the only day where it does not say, and there was evening and there was morning the seventh day. It doesn't say that because this Sabbath day continues till today. It continues, however long that is, whether it's thousands or millions of years, it continues to this moment. This day, this one day Sabbath rest is continuing to this moment. And, and Jesus would love you to experience his Sabbath rest. So we're going to read Genesis 2 verse 3 because there's some things God still does on the Sabbath. Here we go. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work he created that he had done. So what does God do on the Sabbath? Two things. One, well, he rests, which means he's He's just enjoying his creation. He's, he's with us. And it says in Ephesians 1, he, he, he's, he desires to be with us and he's working with us. And, he, and, 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 and in, um, in, in Romans 8, he's leading us by the Holy Spirit. He's, he's, he's active in his creation. Um, but the second thing, the first one is he rests. But the second thing is he blesses. God blesses on the Sabbath. It says that he blessed the seventh day. I think this is really important that God is still blessing today and every day. God is a blessing God. He wants to bless us. And even if you're not experiencing blessing, you need to believe for blessing. God wants to bless us. What does that mean? He leans towards and gives us good things. Joy, love, peace, goodness, friendships, um, family, um, a sense of his presence, his blessing, his blessing, his blessing. 
Uh, how are people blessed? God blesses them. What an amazing concept. The third thing he does is he says he made it holy. He makes something holy. Now, I've only got a few minutes left, but I do want to spend a little bit of time on this concept. All right. The word holy in the Bible does not mean perfect. It doesn't even mean pure. There is other words for that. There are other words for perfect and uh, pure, like no mixture. There are those words. But the word holy doesn't mean that. It means set apart for special use. Set apart for special use. So that means even if I'm not perfect, God says, yeah, but I've set you apart for special use. God blesses the Sabbath and God makes the Sabbath set apart. I believe that we have a, a great revelation how, how, how holy we are through Jesus. Amen. Through Jesus. We're not holy through actions. I'm not holy from going to church or reading the Bible, although they are good, good things. I am holy because God says I'm holy. You are holy because God says you're holy. And you can't get more holy than you are holy through Jesus Christ. You can't have through Jesus Christ and then through my effort. We read in Ephesians 2 that it's not by works. No one can boast. I'm not holy because I'm good. I'm holy because he is good. And he calls me Rod Plummer. He calls me holy through Jesus, through the cross, through the work of the cross, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He calls me his son. He calls you his son, his daughter. He calls us Holy. You can't get more holy. You can't do more to get holy. You just have to accept God calls me holy. Then why do I feel so bad sometimes? Well, that's another study in itself. But we need to believe what God says. When God says, you're my son, you're my daughter. I love you. I'm with you. I bless you. I'm for you. I'm on you. I'm with you. We need to take it into our hearts. We need to know in, in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, There is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. We need to say, That's me. I'm holy. I'm set apart. My best illustration of holy is I am a pen collector. I love pens, all right? I love, I love good pens. But I've lost many good pens on when I'm flying on airplanes because you, you fill in the, the, the immigration document, arrival card. And then I, I put my good pen in the, in the seat pocket at the plane and I walk off. And I've lost so many pens like that. So I've learned not to take special pens on planes. So now I've got this real cheap pen here. It's from a, a hotel somewhere and um, it makes a clicking sound, which drives my uh, cameraman crazy. I've, I've been strict instructions not to touch the pen. But anyway, um, there it is. This, I could break it. It's very, very thin plastic. I'm not going to break it, but... I could because it's not special. It's ordinary. It's a dollar. It's a hundred yen or less. It's it's a nothing pen. If I lose it, I don't care. This is not holy. This is not holy. This is losable, worthless, breakable to me. But if I get a really good pen, I'm not going to take it on the plane because I might lose it, but I'm going to use it at home and keep it in my backpack when I'm journaling and, and writing. And, and I, I pull out my... It, that pen is called a holy pen. It's special, set apart. So we are not of this caliber. We are the very special, special people. We're, we're, we're Adam. We're Eve. 
We, we're, we're God's highest creation. We're, we're the point, the purpose, the, the home is made for us. And, and we're called holy, holy. Now, we're not holy like God is holy, but we are set apart in God's eyes. This is the key. If God said, listen, please listen. If God says I'm holy, I'm holy. If God declares you're holy, you're holy. And you might say, well, I don't feel that. I don't. No, you've got to follow what God says. God says, I call you holy. And many times in the New Testament, this word holy is used. It's not being perfect. It's just a revelation that I'm special to God. I just want to finish out by um, reading this scripture in Ephesians 1. Um, I'm not going to read the whole lot, but it talks about God blessing us and uh, pouring out his grace on us and calling us and and adopting us into his family. And if if you have time, read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 to 13, just that little passage. Uh, It just talks about how we are holy in God's eyes. My last verse, this is it, we're almost finished, is Genesis 2, verse 4. It says, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, Bara, when the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, Asa. So it uses all of these creation words. But there is one very important thing here. It talks about a new name for God. God in chapter 1 is called Elohim, which means the power, the mighty one. Here we get a new name for God in chapter 2. It calls him um, where is it here? It's called the Lord God. That, that's in English. In the, in the Hebrew, it's Elohim Yahweh. It's a new word, Yahweh. And this word Yahweh is basically God of Israel. So mighty one, God of Israel. When you see in your Bible, uh, you've got in your notes here, hopefully it's got uh, the Lord God. That, that combination, it's Elohim Yahweh, the, the, the powerful uh, God who takes care of Israel. And so here we have the first usage of this word Yahweh, which appears over 6,000 times in the Old Testament. This is a big word. And what it's saying is God has a name. His name is Yahweh, which basically means I am who I am. Uh, I will be what I will be. Uh, He is everything we need at all times, at at all places. He is that God for us. I did say it's my last verse, but I I've got one more. I've got a few minutes. I've got two minutes. Here we go. Genesis 2.7. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, the breath of life, and the man became a living being. What I want to say is it's the third word for creation here. It's the word yatsar. So we've had the word bara to create out of nothing, asa to do, perform, create, or make. And the third creation word is used in here and verse 8, verse 7 and 8. It's the word yatsar. It means to form like a potter on the wheel. Make a pot. It's spinning and it's making. And God makes us with love and desire and purpose. We are wanted. We are loved. We are bara by God. We are asa by God. We are yatsar by God. God wanted us. God created us. God saw us. God has a work for us. We are made blessed and holy. We are God's greatest creation. And we should really receive that. It should change the way when we read the word of God. This is my father speaking to me. This is my Jesus speaking to me. 
So we're bringing this to a conclusion. I hope you've enjoyed the creation series up to chapter 2, verse 4. May God bless you richly.